Hi, I'm Olivia. This week we are interviewing a very special member of our school community, Mrs. Amy Sasson. Mrs. Sasson is a very involved parent in our school and a member of the Ladies Auxiliary. We are so honored to have her join us today. Welcome, Mrs. Sasson. Are you ready? Yes. Our first question is, can you talk a little bit about your involvement in the school and what you do? Okay, so I graduated Yeshiva Flatbush in 1992. I went to the elementary school and the high school. And almost immediately after I graduated, I started volunteering for the school on different boards, on the PTA Ladies Auxiliary and on the Board of Ed and on the trustees and the officers. And I became very involved because I wanted to give back to a school that gave me so much. From arranging lunches to working on fundraisers, the Ladies Auxiliary at Yeshiva Flatbush is very important. As a board member of the Ladies Auxiliary, would you be able to describe for us in more detail what the role is of the Ladies Auxiliary at our school? Sure, so the Ladies Auxiliary is a group of dedicated volunteers uh, that their mission is to help the students in the school, the parents in the school, and partner up with the administration and the teachers and the faculty to try and help in any way we can to make the school a better place. So whether it's a helping with the lunches or a fun activity or just a listening ear for parents or for faculty that need help on a specific project they want to run or a activity that they need an idea to help or funding for the ladies auxiliary's mission is to facilitate these projects why do you think the ladies auxiliary is so important to the school okay so i think the ladies auxiliary is really the face of flatbush and i think that the connection and the passion that these volunteers bring into the building flows throughout every program because when these volunteers come in and work for the school, they get to see all the beautiful educational activities and the warmth that is in the building. It's, it's more like a family to me, um, Yeshiva Flatbush. And I think that the Ladies Auxiliary Board brings that character into the entire yeshiva flatbush because these moms are usually parents in the building, alumni, and they want flatbush to be a better place. So it's, even though they're volunteering, um, some of these parents and members spend hours on end trying to make the school a better place for their own children, for every student, for the teachers, for the principals. And it's beautiful to see the love and the energy that the board members have in Flatbush. Takes real dedication to <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Besides for having other children, for having children in the school, what is your family's connection to the Yeshiva? So this is a, this is a, yeah. Fun piece of information. My dad's sister, my aunt, Emma Mendelson, graduated Yeshiva of Flatbush High School about 65 years ago. 
She was the first female Syrian graduate of the Yeshiva Flatbush High School. So our connection to the Yeshiva Flatbush goes back a very long time. And it was always extremely important to my grandparents and my parents to give us a yeshiva education and not just any yeshiva, but specifically the yeshiva flapush for the standard of excellence and everything you girls are experiencing um, is just getting better and better every single year. It was always at the forefront of the yeshiva world, but now it's just grown tremendously in Torah studies, in secular studies, in chesed, in the love of Israel, and everything that Yeshiva Flatbush stands for. So the school really is important to your family. <laughs> very, very. I have six, six children so far. Five graduated. I have one left in the seventh grade. Um, and I still continue to spend almost every day in the building. Even during Corona, I come and do a Corona check just to come serve lunch every week because I absolutely love you kids and um, I just want to help out wherever I can. You mentioned earlier how you are a Flatbush alumni. So as a Flatbush alumni, what, what would you say has changed about Flatbush since you've been a student? What stayed the same? So the stayed the same is the great relationships and the friends and the family feeling that you get is still is still there and very much a part of what makes Flatbush great. And I would say what's different is the diversity in the building. In my day, I would say it was mostly Ashkenazim in, in the school. And now I think the the times have changed and it's is it 30 years yet? It's almost 30 years I'm out of the building. So I would say right now it's a majority of Sephardic and Syrian uh, descent, and um, we, we're missing that that mix. So for my kids, um, they still have you know plenty of friends that were in Brooklyn Ashkenazim, but it wasn't like in my day where I used to go to Edison and I used to have friends in Queens and I used to go around to the five towns because students were commuting all over or from all over to Yeshiva Flatbush. Now it's just really more of a Brooklyn-based school, um, certainly in the elementary school. And um, I feel that's something that changed and I really miss it. Yes. But there still is a diversity. Yeah, I said, yeah, to be honest. There's only like 12 Ashkenaz girls in my grade. Like. Yeah, it's very small, but I, it's not even so much Ashkenaz and Spartak, which is also like a big change for me because it was used to be we were the minority. It used to be the Syrians, you know, went to Mag and David or to other schools, Shari Torah. And now it's it's mostly... Um, I don't know percentage because I really don't know the number. I don't know if it's 70%, 80%, whatever it is, but Spartak, you know, it's not just Syrians. It's could be Syrian, Lebanese, Egyptian, Iraqi, Persian, Moroccan, whatever it is. But I find that in the elementary school, for sure, there are no commuters. For our next question, um, what made you join the Ladies Auxiliary? I'm going to say that my biggest role model in life is my mom. And when I was a child and probably in the same grade as you in seventh grade, um, I 
my mom was president of the ladies auxiliary at the time. And it was something that I was one of my goals in life. I ended up doing it twice. I was PTA president, ladies auxiliary president twice, because I loved it so much. It was an extremely fulfilling role and just a beautiful experience. I'm going to tell you something else, girls. So I went to law school and I graduated law school. And then after I was working for a few years, I really wanted to spend more time with my kids while they were young. And one of the ways I was able to do that was to get involved more heavily in the school project. So I could be there during the day. And so I stopped working. Um, and completely spent my time volunteering. And it was something to me that was more rewarding than working in a law firm. And I was able to do it because at the time, I'm like, the kids are young. I can't leave them anyway. And, and everything worked out um, perfectly for me. So I was able to really enjoy my time raising the kids. So we know that you and your family have been instrumental in bringing Yaakov Shweki to our school. <laughs> students, those concerts have been so fun. <laughs> what motivated you to bring him to our school? Yaakov and Janine, his wife, are close friends of ours. And we live, when we go down to New Jersey for the summer, we're neighbors. And we were talking one Friday night, they were by our house. And my son said, Ma, why can't you just bring Yaakov to Flatbush? The kids and the kids all have a great time and he's an excellent performer and they all know his songs. And so then I asked the principals for an occasion if we could please bring Yaakov in. And he was very excited to come to Flatbush for the first time because he knows a lot of the Yeshiva Flatbush students because they're his most amazing volunteers in the organization that his wife runs. It's called the Special Children's Center. He said his best volunteers are from Yeshiva Flatbush. So they're usually the high school kids volunteer in the summer, but even during the year, there are kids that go all year round and help them with the special kids on a volunteer basis. So he has a very strong connection to Yeshiva Flatbush and he was very excited to come perform. Yeah, I was very happy <laughs> <with> you. <laughs> I was right before Corona. I don't know if any of you girls remember, but the last concert, we were like, we yeah. should we cancel? The principals weren't sure. I'm like, no, no, you can't cancel. You can't cancel. We need it. And it turned out really to carry us for, for a while. So it was great. Yeah. We know that you are very involved in our school. Why do you think that parents should get involved in their kids' school? Okay, Gali. So you mentioned role modeling. And I think that's very, very important because it's a great role model for your children to teach them about volunteering and giving back and doing chesed. And the other thing is, I think it's very important for parents to come into the building or to get involved in a project to see what the kids are doing. Cause it's not just, you're never going to find out just about the scavenger hunt. You're going to get to meet the wonderful teachers that they have. And you're going to learn about the activities inside the building. You're going to learn about the extracurricular activities. The more time you spend in the building, 
the more you're going to find out about your child's education. So that's extremely important also because it'll help you form a bond with your kids too. Like you'll tell them, oh, so how was your Hanukkah project that you did? Or how were the uh, safe lesson that you learned today? Or are you working on the Chinese auction next month? And you get to really learn more than you would if you just get an email on your inbox. Okay, this is happening tomorrow. But when you're seeing it and your hands on, you're getting to learn a lot more of the goings on in the, in the building. And the last thing is that for me, you make the best friends in the whole world. It's your friends for life. So when you work on a committee or when you come in to serve lunch, you think, okay, you're helping the school, but the biggest gift that the school gives you is that you're getting because you're feeling fulfilled and you enjoy what you're doing. And it's a very pleasant and fun experience. Like I'll give you an example, Olivia, your grandma used to come in. How's she doing? She's good. She's good. I can send her my best. But she used to come in and she used to, I remember the project we were working on. It was a Purim project and grandma helped package for 400 early childhood kids, a, a treat for them. And grandma used to come in and not only did she get to help us, which was a tremendous undertaking, but she also got to see her gorgeous grandkids and give them a hug and a kiss. So I think that's something that you don't get to do. You know, you're not allowed to just pop into the building, but if you come in to help, you get that added benefit of getting to see a smiling kid, even if it's not your own and you just have a fantastic time. What did you love most about Yeshiva Flatbush? What's unique about our Yeshiva that that most other schools don't have? My number one is the chesed that they instill in the kids. Um, I've seen many other Yeshivot around the country. And I think Flatbush, it's really um, part of every single lesson that they teach is, is really making the world a better place. Um, in the Jewish world, in the, in the secular world, everything is, revolves around making the world a better place and helping other people. And I think it's extremely unique. Uh, there are other schools that have ladies auxiliaries and other volunteer committees, but I don't know any group that's more passionate and wants to give back than, than our group. You mentioned you were the president of the board twice. How are the presidents of the board elected? Is it like a secret ballot? So they're nominated by a group of past presidents and we have a, we have bylaws and it's part of the Yeshiva Flappish organizational structure. And we have a system set up to elect the president and the president elect each year. Every year there's a new one? Yeah. So it used to be where in my mom's day uh, that they made, they made an amendment since then, but it used to be you, have it, you had a two-year term, but now it's one-year president and one-year president-elect. To like give more 
Yeah, so it's really more like training and some people felt like they want to be the president and they don't want to have to share any decisions. So people, some of the past presidents felt like you work so hard and then you don't get to make the decision. You have to share it. So they wanted there to be one president and then something called the president elect, which is like the president in training. So I think both have its advantages and disadvantages. Sometimes people need two years to complete a project or a vision that they have. So sometimes it's a little hard to just come in and take over and really complete a mission. But sometimes people come in and they just feel like maybe it's easier. I don't want to spend two full years every single day in the building so that it alleviates some of that pressure of being a president and having to be there and present for a long period of time. So like the president-elect is kind of like the vice president? Exactly. Although we do have vice presidents, there's something called president, president-elect, and then there's a vice president and a treasurer, and then there's committee members. But the president-elect is more, I, I'm going to use, even though they're the vice president, they're more almost in training. Now they say like counselors in training. Yeah, the exactly. President. The but, they, but they have a little more, but they do, the, the president-elect has the power and the flexibility to bring on new projects. It just has to be with the approval of the president. Right. So I guess it's very similar. Like you're right. It is similar to a vice president. But ultimately, the one with the decision making power is still the president. And some some people become come in and they don't know one another at all. And some people come in and they're already friendly and they become best, best friends and they stay friends. I have a friend that I did uh, the presidency with. I guess it's about 16 years ago when I could call her one of my closest friends to this day. And before the ladies auxiliary presidency, I didn't know her at all. Wow. <laughs> so not only does uh, this being part of the ladies auxiliary let you spend time with your kids, it also helps you make like good friends. Great friends. And that share your values and want to have fun and want to be involved. And since it's a volunteer, no one's making you do it. It's really at your own pace and when you want to do it. And even honestly, if you want to do it, you know, you, it's no one's going to say, Amy, you must come here. It's really what you want to do. What was your best and worst subject at school? So my worst subject is very easy. My worst subject was social studies because I could never figure out geography and I just could not get the storyline right. Whether it was European history, American history, I just could not do well in history. And my best subject, say math. I had fantastic, I had fantastic math teachers, Mrs. Rosenzweig. Was, She's my math teacher. Yes, yes, yeah. Mrs. Rosenzweig was my math teacher. And she gave me a great foundation. And then when I got to the high school, I had Dr. Wolowski and he taught me calculus. And I could say that it's extremely useful in my life, especially now that I'm trying to crunch numbers for Ladies Auxiliary. It's a fantastic tool. So thank you to all my math teachers.
Um, so you were talking about teachers just now. So what teachers stuck out most to you and why? High school, elementary? Uh, both. Okay. So I'm going to pick my elementary. Um, her name was Mrs. Zajic. She's still alive. And she was my fifth grade teacher. And she really taught us not just the Judaic studies, but she was such a wonderful, warm, inspiring teacher. And I always wanted to do well in her class. And it was an honors class. And then from there, she recommended me to middle division honors. And I think after that, you know, once you're in middle division honors, then the rest is smooth sailing, hopefully for everyone. And in the high school, um, it was Dr. Walwalski um, who was helped me. I got married when I was very, very young. I wasn't even 18 yet. And I was in college and I really wanted to go to law school, but I was married already and I didn't want to wait so many years with college and law school. And Alex Walowski helped me while I was still in high school, get a lot of college credits. And then when I graduated high school, he continued to help me. And I have a degree from, it's called Thomas Edison State College, which I think now it's a university. But at the time it was called an external degree. Many people do that now. I have a daughter that did that 20 something years later after I did it. And now it's like the in thing and you could go on to any graduate school. And the only school that I applied to, Cardozo, which is Yeshiva University's law school, I got into right away. And I started law school when I was 19. Thank you to Dr. Olmowski. So I feel that he was the one that guided me and helped me at a very young age begin my career. So thank you. He like, like really guided you like fully. Like yes, yes, yes. He told me what classes to take while I was in high school. He was already telling me all the EPs to take and the Yerushalmi. And NYU had a Hebrew test. And he's like, okay, just, just, just keep working, keep working, keep working. And he helped me get my BA in a year. Wow. Yeah. So do, you have any teachers, do you have any teachers that, did you have any teachers that still teach in Flatbush now? Yes, a lot, a lot. And they teach my kids. So like who? in the high school, in the high, in the high school, Dr. Walski. Uh, my mom is a teacher, Mrs. Hannon, um, Rabbi Prague, Rabbi Besser. And in the elementary school, uh, it's, let's see, Morabina in first grade. This is, she's I not there her. this year, but she was my kid's teacher and my teacher. Um, let me see. Who else? Ms. Rosenzweig. Mrs. Rosenzweig, yes. Mrs. Zelenitz was my eighth grade teacher. Mrs. Ender, Mrs. Who else was still there? Debbie Levine was there in my day and she's still there. Um, she's the administrator. She's the principal in the early childhood. Yeah. yeah. Who else? Let's think. Let me go down. Who am I missing? Rabbi Eliach. He still comes into the building once a week. Well, not during Corona, but I speak to him every single week. 
and he teaches me, he gives me a Dvar Torah every single week. I have a great connection with him. He's brilliant. And I stayed in touch with him. Is Mrs. Greenstein still there? Yes, she has. Yes, she's Greenstein. Okay. And also, who else? Mrs. Greenstein. Mrs. Levine was a teacher when we were there. She's still there also. Okay, so sometimes kids struggle when they have their parents as teacher or principal. How do your children feel about having you so involved in the school? Are they ever embarrassed or like, are they happy about it? Okay, so I would say I'm going to say most of my kids were very proud. And some of my kids that were scared because they couldn't, they weren't able to wait till they got home or maybe hide how they did in school or on a test. (laughs) And the teacher would pull me over in a lunchroom and say, guess how Solomon did today on his math test. He forgot to bring in his homework for the third time in a row. And the teachers wouldn't wait. You know, sometimes let's say they'll wait three or four times till a kid misbehaves. Here it was 10 minutes later and they found me. So it was, it was very challenging for a couple of my kids who were not the most obedient and well-behaved or the most studious because the teachers like were like magnets. They would just quickly run in and, and they got into trouble. Wow. <laughs> it's really funny. Everyone has a secret talent. What's yours? I love to multitask. Okay. Ta- I, is that a talent to multitask? I'm not sure. Yes. Is that a, a talent? It is a talent. Yeah. Definitely a talent. Okay. <laughs> We're making it a talent. We're declaring it. I mean, I can't multitask. Either that, either multitask or resourceful. I just could somehow figure out a way to do something. Can you share a story of a moment that you really felt Hashem's presence in your life? Okay, I'll give, my, I'll give one from Corona, a recent example. The day after Purim, I decided to go to Israel, to our apartment in Israel. And very shortly after, like the next day, Israel started to close down the airports. And even when they did let you come in, they made you do a 14-day quarantine, but I got very lucky. It was March 12th or March 11th, and I just picked up. Um, let me think. What was the day after Purim? I don't know. You'll look it up. It was either March 11th or March 12th, and I think I landed in Israel on the 12th, and then a few hours later, the government announced that, A, you need to quarantine, and B, you need a special permit. And I don't have a special permit because we're not Israeli citizens and I'm not an Israeli resident. They call it Toshve Eretz Israel, And I'm not a Israeli, even though we own apartments there, I'm not, I don't live there all the time. So they weren't giving permits. So if I didn't leave right away, we weren't gonna be there. And then I ended up getting to spend the entire lockdown in Israel till school ended, till June. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Ezra was Zooming from Israel and he got really lucky because at late night, the teachers were like, okay, even though it was like 10 o'clock in Israel and he was totally up, he got to sign off because he's like, oh, it's late here. It's late here. Or on Fridays when it was really Shabbat, he didn't have to go to school on Fridays. The seven hour time difference. So it was cool. It was fun. (laughs) So now we have 
our super duper serious important surprise question that we ask to every one of our interviewees i mean it's not the same question but like we have a really serious <laughs> question okay if you could choose a superpower for yourself what would it be to make everyone smile but you already do that <laughs> so sweet now you girls are too sweet that's the end of the episode thank you so much for thank, you. Coming. thank you girls for including